0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments. Now available on your Amazon Alexa.
1: Hello, welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for joining us today.
0: Good morning, John. Good to be back.
1: So, Alan, we usually look at current market themes but for this podcast we're actually going to focus on one particularly pressing theme for markets at this point in time and that is uh, clean energy in particular electric vehicles now as opposed to looking at electric vehicle manufacturers you know lots of tesla and neo and of course you have the uh, more traditional manufacturers now coming in in a big way to the electric vehicle market. We're actually going to be looking at those companies that are facilitating this revolution in electric vehicles and clean energy in the companies that are providing the natural resources to facilitate electric vehicles and obviously the batteries and battery storage that uh, that is powering these vehicles. So to set the scene, we're going to start by looking predominantly at electric vehicles, as opposed to the clean energy technologies such as uh, solar power, uh, wind power. This is something that we will touch on a little bit later on in in the podcast. But sort of looking forward in the demand for and forecast for demand for metals, we're going to see quite a significant increase in the metal demand for electric vehicles. Now, of course, sort of looking at at the stats here, this is something that's set to grow Exponentially going into sort of 2030, 2040, and by the year 2014, now this is data that's come from the International Energy Agency, uh, we're predicted to see demand for electric vehicles in terms of minerals of 21.5 uh, million tonnes. And that is uh, in comparison to electricity networks and obviously uh, sort of clean energy uh, networks, which is predicted to be around sort of 13.9 million tonnes. So there's obviously a much larger predicted demand for minerals from electric vehicles, Alan. So I'm just going to break down now because we have equities uh, listed here in the UK uh, that are focusing on various different metals involved in electric vehicle batteries and and the production of the vehicles. So just to give some context as to the demand and what it looks like uh, for different minerals for electric vehicles we have some some data here um, from again the international energy agency and they've broken down the demand for the ele- average uh, electric vehicle in terms of the minerals and metals that they uh, are required so uh, breaking down here by metals uh, a copper you're looking at 53 kilograms lithium about nine kilograms nickel 39 kilograms manganese 24 and a half kilograms, cobalt 13 and graphite 66. So of course, looking at those figures there, graphite and and, and copper and nickel are the biggest metals needed to produce electric vehicles, Alan. So let's start off by, I think let's let's look at copper initially. It's not, it's not the largest in terms of the demand uh, need and, and, and the actual metal needed, but it is one that has been around for for years. A lot of these other metals are ones that are growing in in terms of the production due predominantly down to to electric vehicles, whereas copper's always been involved in in, in construction, so there's players out there uh, in the market. So the first company that we've got up here, Alan, for one that we're going to be looking at in the UK, which provides a solid exposure to the copper market, is Castillo Copper. What made you... so sort of pick those out as as a copper play here, Alan.
0: Well, I think uh, obviously uh, Castillo, uh, as the Castillo Copper's name would imply, is a copper specialist. Um, although uh, today there is an announcement, the company has announced it has acquired two lithium projects, um, and they've acquired them from Cadence Minerals. Uh, and of course, Cadence Minerals have are, are invested into a range of projects around around the world. But uh, Castillo has primary uh, uh primary uh, um, assets in Australia it's it was originally ASX listed um shares are, uh, the is currently worth uh 51 million dollars Aussie so that's about 25 20, 25 million sterling um and it's just traded sideways i think through the year um as i think a lot of companies in the sector have um but nonetheless i mean it has um it has uh, several uh key uh, key uh, um, um, assets in Australia, the main one being the Area Prospect and the Big One deposits, which are um, both Tier One copper targets. And uh, indeed, um, the company said uh, at the start of September it was on tra- on track to test drill the Area Prospect. Um, certainly, uh, in in some of the uh, other mines it's engaged in um, uh, the. At the Kangai copper mine, there is a jaw inferred resource of 3.2 million tonnes of copper. Um, so that equates to, and at the percentage of copper in the, in the ground there, that's approximately 107,000, 108,000 tonnes of copper. Um, but um, we're going to hear a more, bit more about Zambia later on. But um, also um, the company has an interest in the Luansha um, uh, project, uh, which is six kilometres South of China, Nunfoss Mining Corporation's three mines there. Uh, and that's got a, j- a proven probable reserves of 3- 5.2 million tons of copper. Um, and again, uh, the company announced on August 31st um, that, there, that uh, under its six kilometer uh, copper strike at the Luancha project, it had identified uh, multiple targets for Test drilling um, following uh, soil sampling and other exploratory work in the area. So, um, so that there, there are many places around the world which are key for copper. Um, we've also, of course, uh, be looking at Power Metal Resources shortly and Kavango Resources, both of whom have a joint venture copper interest in Botswana at the Kalahari Copper Belt. But certainly, Castillo Copper has um, has broad exposure to copper both across Australia. And in Zambia, and um, is advancing those projects pretty rapidly. Um, and of course, with the uh, with the transaction that was completed today, um, Cadence Minerals has sold its lithium projects in Australia to Castillo Copper. Um, so Cadence now, aside from its lithium exposure, ha- now has exposure uh, to approximately three million Aussie dollars worth of copper.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. Now, of course, with, with a lot of these metals. When, when you're mining for, for one in particular, you know, copper, you usually find nickel or, or one other. Uh, nickel, of course, is, is one uh, which is a, it's a huge element of electric vehicles. And, and we've got a couple of companies that we're going to discuss there. But I think now what we're going to do is look at uh, a metal, which is one that, that is really set to see the, the biggest growth I uh, mean, in terms of the volume that we're producing now in com- Compared to where it needs to be to facilitate this revolution in electric vehicles. Now, of course, as I said, copper is one. There's significant production already, so there's going to be obviously huge growth there. But compared to what we're already producing, uh, percentage-wise, we're not. We're not set to see a, a great growth in copper because there's already a significant level of production out there that just needs to be increased. Mm. So we're actually going to flip now to lithium, which which is a metal. Used in electric vehicles and batteries, which needs to grow on a percentage wise, a huge amount. And um, there's about nine kilograms that's needed in an electric vehicle, the average electric vehicle. But the amount that's being produced now is, is nearly, not nearly enough uh, to facilitate the production of electric vehicles if we're going to be sort of hitting these sustainable development targets in the future. That's something that we're going to need. A significant growth in and we've picked out one company um, here alan in cadence minerals mm. which is, which is one that has operations in lithium so what does that look like
0: so cadence minerals has um uh, aside from a, a flagship iron ore project um obviously i mentioned just now uh, cadence uh has uh, sold its um uh, its hard rock lithium assets to uh to castillo copper but cadence has um a range of exposure uh, to um to, to lithium in particular via its uh, investment into and shareholding in european metals holdings and european metals holdings probably that's the epico there is emh is a pure play uh on on cadence because it is the owner and operator of the um of the of the the Sinovic lithium mine, which is on the Prague uh, uh, Czech the, on, on the Czech uh, German border um, in Czechoslovakia, um, uh, and uh, the the Cadence uh, had a very uh, or enjoyed very strong earnings last year from that investment. Saw a, a great deal of upside. Currently trading with a market cap of 26 million, which in no way reflects the. The value of the projects. Um, So it has exposure to the Sinovet lithium project um, which is uh, rapidly developing into a source for a planned battery gigafactory um, a few miles away from the Sinovet project. It also has um, interest in the Bacanora uh, Bacanora lithium uh, run Sonora lithium project in Mexico where it has concessions there. Where um, uh, Bacanora Minerals um, has uh, secured uh, a takeoff agreement and bought in Chinese uh, company Gangfeng, which is the largest lithium company in the world, to um, to uh, acquire uh, basically acquire most of the Sonora Lithium project, and obviously with cadences in uh, concessionary interests um, at uh, Megalit and Mexalit projects, uh, which are part of the Sonora Lithium project territory. Um, it's set for upside there too. Um, there is also exposure through the uh, agreement this morning to some to a further hard rock lithium project in Australia. And of course, it has hard rock lithium assets at the San Luis uh, lithium deposit in Argentina. Um, so th- there's a very strong spread of, of uh, interests uh, in lithium. Um, and of course, you've seen the lithium price Rocket this year on the back of an anticipated uh, a supply squeeze um, and currently the, the price is so strong it shows a little sign of, of slowing down so yeah uh, I think cadence offers a very good spread of exposure um, at this time to lithium.
1: Fantastic so moving on now let's now look at, at, at nickel because this is one of the the most significant elements to uh, electric vehicles, um, and and one again where we're going to need uh, significant growth um, going forward. I mean, we're we're currently sort of looking at consumption around two point five million metric tons per year. Uh, this is set to something to, to to grow significantly going forward. So of course, there's the opportunity there for those miners that that are, that are specialising in, uh, in in nickel. And we're looking through the the companies here listed in in London. Now, of course, there's the the majors out there which have exposed to nickel and and have done and will continue to. But there's also players out there which are uh, exploring and and growing their operations in nickel, uh, Alan. So taking the first uh, of those, we have got a couple here. uh, Kavango Resources, they have a project, um, the, the Kalahari uh, KSZ, which had a very similar resource set up to the Norulisk, uh mine in, in Russia, one of the largest and actually the largest nickel producer in the world. So there, there's a significant yep. opportunity there uh, for Kavango, uh, Alan. So what, what does that look like? This
0: is uh, this company is at a fascinating juncture, actually. Um, so Kavango currently has a market cap of 23.5 million. Shares are trading at 5.8p. Um, It has interests also with power metal resources, um, both on a rare earth project and a a copper project, the Kalahari Copper Belt. But um, its primary focus and one, in fact, that's where it is drilling currently. And I interviewed Ben Turney, the CEO, and one of the uh, uh, geophysicists, Jeremy Brett um, a week or so ago where we discussed this asset uh, and ironically Jeremy explored the region in the late 90s and uh, um, a lot of the data that he found then was borne out by the by Kavango's own uh, current research um, uh, and also Cavango expanded on What he's what on his initial findings. So through work over the past year, eighteen months, Cavango have uh, constructed this model, um, this underground model of this enormous geological anomaly, where uh, uh, during the Earth's formation, um, obviously the the uh, Earth's crust folded and squeezed, and it squeezes these little, it squeezes metals and other 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 deposits into these little folds, and they're compressed. very high temperatures, of course, and these geological anomalies are, are found. The Norilsk mine you mentioned, John, um, yeah, in Siberia, it's, it produces 90% of Russia's nickel, one of the biggest nickel suppliers in the world. And Kavango believe that the Kalahari-Suta zone, which is the full name for the KSZ, um, is... A replica in Botswana of this Norilsk mine. Um, early drilling is encouraging. They're they're finding uh, they're, they're certainly finding um, deposits that indicate uh, the modelling is correct. And although it's early days, they're undertaking uh, drilling campaigns at the moment and assessing the assay results as they come back. But I mean, you know, if this if if this is in any way approaching the size of of the Norilsk project, then it's going to be. Absolutely huge, and of course, this is why we invest in mining stocks like this because of of these opportunities. So the opportunities uh, um, at the KZ are all about nickel.
1: Indeed, indeed. So you know, staying on the the theme of nickel, but also now bringing in a look at at, at cobalt. Now, cobalt's usually um, you know the the off product of other mining activities. In an electric vehicle, you need the average uh, electric vehicle. You need. About thirteen point three kilograms of uh, of cobalt. Now the big, the biggest player in the world is of course Glencore. Um, it's got operations in the Democratic uh, Republic of Congo. Um, they're producing sort of roughly uh, thirty thousand tons per year. Um, so that's obviously significant play there. But of course, with a company like Glencore, you have exposure to Various different metals. Uh, you know, they're, they're one of the world's largest, if not the largest, uh, producer of metals in the world. But if you want to go down and look at a company that we've picked out that has exposure to cobalt and nickel, and we've picked out Panther Metals and um, because they've got an interesting new project. What does that look like? Uh,
0: so, so Panther are fascinating because they they have interests in Canada, which relate to nickel also, and... Um, and, uh, and and uh, it, it, this is in the Schreiber-Hemlow uh, belt in Canada on the northern coast of Lake Superior. And there is a, there's a mining company called Palladium One where um, uh, a Panther are op- operating near. They have a no- number of licensed areas. But um, ironically, as you said earlier, when you start drilling and digging and examining the soil uh, to look for one metal, you often end up finding several others. And that was very much the case going the other side of the world, down to Australia, where um, Panther Metals have the Merolia uh, uh, Gold Project, which is in Western Australia. And at the southern end of the license area, um, uh, Panther basically discovered um, uh, an historic, or from some historic work uh, undertaken a few years back, um, uh, uh, delineated an exploration target in the region of Coglia, and they've established a JORC 2012 code compliant resource of between 30 and 50 million tons of nickel and cobalt the nickel um the nickel is between 0.6 and 0.8% and the cobalt is between 400 and 600 parts per million but um but uh, it's not it's not really been explored but um the company are pushing ahead with this very strong numbers from there and also um uh, uh, there's good infrastructure nearby and uh, good good availability to to get the stuff out of the ground. So that's been very much supported the uh, the, uh, the uh, Panthers drive forward. And uh, whilst uh, Merolia is known as primarily a gold project, I think to to literally stumble across the Coglia project like this has um, has put a rule feather in in the uh, Panther medal's cap and a spring in the step. So yeah, very 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 strong prospect there with Panther.
1: Indeed, I did. I think any any company that has significant exposure to cobalt um, going forward uh, is set for a bright future. The analysts uh, at Roskill, the commodities research house, have predicted that by the year twenty thirty, demand for cobalt is going to rise to two hundred and seventy thousand tons, and that was up from just one hundred and forty one tons of demand in twenty twenty. So, of course a significant increase in demand there. And obviously the metals there that Panther are, are, are looking at um, does bode well for the future. So now let's now look at graphite. Uh, the average uh, electric vehicle uh, needs about 66 kilograms, by far the largest uh, amount of metal needed for an electric vehicle. Now, there, there is one company that we have discussed on the uh, the, the podcast uh, previously, um, and that's uh, Um They've got the Oram Cross project, but there's also been some other developments there. So what's been happening at Blenkow?
0: Well, this is, uh, I mean, um, Blenkow is, um, I wouldn't say it's a one-trick pony, but it's, it's very much, uh, as an investment proposition, it's very clear and very straightforward um, what what it is. Um, Blenkow have an enormous... Uh, project which they acquired from uh, from Consolidated African Resources, and they own outright the um, the, the Orom Cross Graphite Project, which is in Uganda. Um, and of course, that's uh, that's uh, um, it's a benign environment, um, very pro mining, and uh, the the, uh, the the routes to market are, are very well established. Um, Good roads and also shipping from uh, Mombasa, as and when the time comes. And um, Blenkow has been working over the past uh, year, eighteen months, to uh, drill and develop. Now, this the, the actual size of the area is huge; it's some two thousand square miles. Um, so, obviously, when they started, uh, when they put up camp there and started operations, um, they just they they were looking close to the camp, and they found a high grade. Uh, Um, Area within 250 meters of the camp. Work started there, um, and they have um, today um, uh, really drawn a line in the sand and set a benchmark uh, valuation for the project with the launch of a preliminary economic assessment, which um, values the. uh, Now, bear in mind the size of the area. This, the actual um, work they've done on the initial prospect. Has a net present value of of three hundred seventeen million dollars and a maiden jork uh, resource estimate, which will be is being developed and will be um, added to in the next few months, of sixteen and a half million tons with about six percent total graphite content, and that's that's a huge amount. It's very high quality graphite. It's uh, battery quality graphite which is the most important thing and that's going to deliver um, uh, it'll require an initial capex of 80 million to set the mine and the production up but because it's on the surface it uh, it'll it'll just be open cast mining very low cost um, and it will generate that just that one mine alone on the area will generate uh, EBITDA of some 40 million dollars U.S per annum over the life of the mine. So it's a huge step forward today for uh, Blenkow Resources. Um, Blenkow still trades on a tiny market cap of 7.5 million, uh, shares uh, trading at 6.2p at present. So um, I think there will be a lot of interest from some of the um, major conglomerates around the world, in arranging takeoff deals now with Blenkow on the back of the news today. And of course, we then go to feasibility study. And then after that, uh, construction will start and we'll go from there. But I think of all the, there are other companies that are further down the road in developing the graphite, but the the quality of the graphite here is without question. Um, And I think Blenkow are at a very exciting juncture. And at this level, um, where they are now, um, offer a fantastic investment opportunity.
1: Yes, we're certainly looking at the shares there. We've seen a uh, a pullback to levels that may start to get the market uh, interested once more, especially if we start to see metal prices continue. So that's uh, definitely one uh, that investors should should have a look at. So now uh, let's move on to a, a couple of companies, actually, that we're get, we're going to finish off with here, which offer exposures to various different uh, metals that we've discussed today. Now, obviously, we want to just make it clear here, the companies that we're discussing here in, in, in some detail are, are towards um, the the end of the market, which could be classed as a little bit more high risk. They're, they're usually exploring um, they're in exploration stage. Of course, some of these may not have significant revenues yet. Um, a lot of them, you know, probably don't pay dividends or may not pay dividends but for some times. But of course, we're looking for companies that offer significant growth. If investors are looking for metals companies uh, and mining companies that provide dividends, of course, you have the FTSE 100 companies in Rio, Glencore, we touched on um, you know, Anglo American to name but a few. They're, they'll probably provide. A little bit more stability, but maybe um, will not provide the uh, the capital growth that some of these companies could present to investors if they if they see success in their operations. So one of these companies that is operating in various different metals and obviously quite fitting with what we're discussing today is Power Metal Resources. Alan, they've got a broad portfolio of assets. So what uh, what are they working on at the moment? um
0: well what are they not working on i think is it's more accurate john um they have such a i i discussed power metals uh power metal resources at the weekend and um i think the best way to really get a true understanding of power metal and we we mentioned cobalt just now power metal have exposure to the Kasinka um cobalt and copper project uh which is in the Democratic Republic of Congo, the DRC, and of course this, this also runs into Zambia. Um, they have exposure to. Um, I mentioned the um, the that there is the the Haneti joint venture, uh, which is a nickel project um, that's uh, in Tanzania, um, and that's with Katoro Gold. Um, they the company also has um, a number of uh, well a, a, a huge number of gold. And silver projects, um, but more recently, uh, has um, the, the the company have a copper joint venture with Kavango, um, a rare earths joint venture at the detail Camp uh, project. Also, this is also in Botsma, Botswana with Kavango, um, and then moving to uh, moving to Canada, they there is a lithium prospect the company has invested into the Orthio North property. Um, which is which is in, in uh, which is in in Canada and uh, most recently uh, the company have also announced an investment into in, into a uranium project. So um, uh, the 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 the, the, uh, the range of investments goes on. In all cases, there is a team on the ground, um, a team on the ground uh, run, of course, uh, from the UK by CEO Paul Johnson. And his team, but um, but the the updates come thick and fast from the company because there are so many so many uh, projects on the go. But there's a very if you go to powermetalresources.com website forward slash key project summary, all of the projects and also their various stages, the stages they're at, where the drilling has started, where the drill targets have been selected, um, and in many cases uh, the company are starting the process of uh ipos for through spinning off some of the various in-house projects they're working on so uh, an absolute hive of industry on many levels
1: so i mean w- with power metal you obviously mentioned that they're looking at spinning off some of their their assets there i mean do do you think with a company like this that it's more of, a, of an investment vehicle um that an sort out and out explorer in as far as it's investing in, in projects, which is then looking to, to develop to a certain point and, and sell off. Or do you think some of these projects that they're working on, they'd actually like to take into production and start to see revenue coming from them? Or is it going to be a mixture of the two of those?
0: It's going to be a mixture of the two. And I think where there is a clear route to market, um, uh, Paul team will take the IPO route. In fact, uh, yesterday they published an announcement um regarding the planned project spin-outs and IPOs. Um, and you can go to Power Metals website, powermetalresources.com forward slash IPO, literally just that, and you can, you can find out um, about the upcoming IPOs. But then again, we go to, to uh, Malopo Farms Complex in Botswana, for interest, where the, uh, which is prospective for nickel, copper, and platinum group metals. Um, and uh, the group is planning to develop that in its own right. And may well seek a joint venture partner at some point. Um, so, so it's a mixture all the way through. And I think where the company has the capability on the ground to execute and com- complete the work, it will do that. So, in that respect, from an investment standpoint, it's a very. It, it really uh, mi- minimises the risk to investors because if one project doesn't work out, then there are twelve or thirteen others that are still very much in the offing and. Um, as as I think we said previously, um, one of these these projects come to fru- comes to fruition, and uh, um, and Paul has been there in the past with Metal Tiger, Sandfire Resources. Um, of course, the copper the uh, copper deposit that was found there. Um, there are at least six IPOs in the pipeline, um, all of which have a very strong. Uh, the very strong possibility of turning into a huge major find and of course if that happens um, the value of that project when it comes to fruition will dwarf the current market cap of power metal resources as a whole and I think that's where the the real opportunities lies in investing with this company.
1: Indeed, it's going to be interesting to see how that how the market prices these IPOs and whether they see value in them being separate entities as opposed to being under one house at Power Metals at the moment. So uh, a particularly interesting 12 to 24 months coming up for, for Power Metal, and I'm sure one that we'll be touching on on the podcast as those IPOs and other developments come through from, uh, from Power Metals. So just we're going to finish off now, with a company, Adam, which again is, has got various different assets, and one that we have touched on in some detail on the podcast uh, previously, tertiary minerals. What's the uh, the latest from them, and how are they fitting into this EV story?
0: Well, the story for tertiary is is predominantly copper. They, the company, have uh, a number of projects in Nevada which are being developed. They've uh, and indeed they've struck a, 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 a um, they, they've struck. I was going to say struck gold. They've actually struck silver in the uh, the Pyramid Silver Project, but um, they also have two copper projects: the Lucky Copper Project and the Brunton Pass Copper Project, which was uh, which was uh, um, acquired early this year. Rock sampling has already shown up to six point eight percent copper um, in the uh, exploration that uh, they've undertaken there. Um, but most recently, they announced. Um, That uh, they had taken up an option to uh, to acquire some assets in Zambia, and of course mentioned Zambia earlier. uh, The Zambia Copper Belt. Um, The uh, there are are a number of licenses there which have been, uh, which historical drill results have come back with decent copper grades, Um, and it's it's an agreement with a local company over five large licenses which cover over fifteen hundred square kilometers, and of course that's the thing when you buy licensed territory in africa such a vast place you you are buying huge tracts of land to coin a phrase um but um but uh, the company has just appointed and i interviewed last week the a new managing director um patrick cullen and patrick uh was uh was uh waxing lyrical uh, to me about the opportunities in zambia and what he thinks uh that can bring to the, bring to the company, and he has a, a, a large number of contacts uh, in that region. And um, he's uh, looking forward to getting his feet under the table and 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 uh, you know, get getting things moving. But again, I mean, we're we're talking we're talking valuation here. I mean, tertiary uh, probably more than any other um, is I think uh, uh, laughably undervalued. It's trading at just under 0.3p. It's got a market cap of 3.2 million. Um, and yet it already, it's already made a significant sort of so discovery. So, so the, the, the maths uh, or the, the valuation methodology applied to other companies, for some reason, doesn't seem to apply to tertiary at So I do expect to see a significant re-rating here. And I think once Patrick gets his feet, feet under the table and we hear more about the Zambia copper prospects, I think we'll, we'll see things uh, start to move forward.
1: Indeed, indeed, fantastic. So, just to finish off now, and we're going to look at the. Of course, we're not going to spend as much time um, on this because we focus very much on the on the EV side of things. But of course, there's there's clean energy, um, you know, wind, uh, solar that are set for, for, for huge expansion going forward, given the targets that are set out by by the UN and the, and the Paris Agreement. So this is this is uh, an area that it's going to need significant investment. Now, a lot of the metals required in uh, the, the clean energy uh, side of things are very similar to those that are required in electric vehicles, you know, the copper and, and such like. But there's this element of the need for rare earths in the clean energy side of things, which you don't really have, in the electric vehicles Hmm. and we've got one company here that's standing out that we've looked at and that's Altona Rare Earths so what's that look like?
0: Okay so Altona Rare Earths um, uh, well it was uh, at the end of last year there were some legacy uh, coal assets which um, the company was effectively restructured listed on Aquis um, and uh, shares traded you know pretty flat for or uh, just 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 on seven p for um, for some months through to uh, the end of March, when uh, investors started to recognise the um, the the moves the company was making, and it was assessing um, that under the board Christian Taylor Wilkinson, the CEO, um, and uh, Cedric Simile and Audrey Matupi in uh, working in Africa, um, particularly uh, in. Um, in 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 Mozambique and, and Uganda, um, the company were assessing some historic sites for potential rare earth prospects. Um, they rejected uh, a couple of sites on the uh, uh, that they were unable to complete due diligence to their satisfaction. But they on June they announced an agreement to, to buy the Monte Moambi rare earth project in um, in uh, Mozambique, um, and this is a former Fleur Spa mine uh, with um 165 drill holes over 12 kilometers um and uh rare earths were intersected at the time um only five percent of the area has been explored thus far so the company has a staged agreement to earn into uh to earn 70 percent of, of the project over the next two years um it also has three rare earth projects uh it's investigating it's just completed um a fundraise it's it's uh it's just raised raised more money um and uh the, the the 1.1 million that was raised is now going to it will also be going towards um moving from acquis to an lse listing and that is imminent any day now so um very, very exciting at a very exciting stage but the company valuation you know like tertiary at the moment is absolutely minimal it's, it's uh it's uh 3.9 million so um i think once the once we start to see this move as you say the applications for rare earths are huge but particularly in clean energy wind turbines um, and other technology where conductivity is key um, uh, these these rare earths are absolutely vital and will form uh, you know a real cornerstone of the industry going forward so a good quality um, a good quality resource is essential and again you know um, I think the issue is with rare earths that uh, they are quite frequent in so probably if you look at a lot of mines, you'll see you'll see rare earths here and there, but the fact is that they're sparsely distributed. Um and it's very rare that you get uh you get rare earths uh concentrated in one place so when you do then obviously the the value will out and that's where that's why investors are currently very excited about the opportunity on offer at alterna rare earths
1: indeed and of course a lot of rare earths are located in in china which makes it a particularly complex market yeah Uh, especially with all you know the restrictions there and you know of course they have control over that market to some extent so now how this plays out and and demand any companies. With any significant exposure outside of China, are going to become uh, particularly interesting going forward. So Altona, they're definitely one to, to keep an eye on. So just now, let's finish off by running through the companies that we've discussed today. Now, in no particular order, um, there was Kavango Resources, ticker KAV. Um, of course, looking at, at nickel and copper projects. Uh, Blenkow Resources, ticket B-R-E-S, operating the Orem Cross Graphite Project. Uh, We touched very briefly on on Glencore, the ticket of G-L-E-N, the world's largest cobalt miner. Um, Just then was Altona Rare Earths, with all of the applications Alan's just discussed. Power Metal Resources uh, has a number of of uh, potential IPOs on the horizon. Trades under the ticker of POW. Uh, Castillo Copper, uh, CCZ, of course, a copper play, but has just uh, made an acquisition of a lithium asset. Uh, Cadence Minerals, one that we, we've touched on on the podcast on numerous occasions as it develops his as assets. Uh, trades under the ticker of KDNC. Um, Panther Metals uh, with the nickel cobalt project uh, trades on the ticket of p a l m and finally tertiary minerals um, with some exposure to copper has a ticket of t y m so just as, as note nice to listeners all of these companies and their tickets are going to be uh, listed in the notes to this podcast do check that out um, if you want to refer back alan thank you much for being on the podcast today
0: thanks again john
1: thank you